everyone, welcome to the Nurses for Healthy Environments podcast. My name is Beth Shank, nurse scientist and healthcare sustainability leader in Missoula, Montana. On the podcast, I interview nurses working at the intersection of health and environment. Today, I'm speaking with Dr. Helga Bragadotir, professor of nursing at the University of Iceland School of Health Sciences. We met at the American Academy of Nursing Conference in the fall of 2019, and I jumped at the chance to hear more about her work in Iceland. In the podcast, Helga describes her nursing experience and thoughts about leadership in nursing. We discuss environmental health and changes in Iceland and on nursing in our wide-ranging conversation. Please enjoy. Hello, and I'm really pleased to have Dr. Helga Bragadotir with me today. She is a professor of nursing at the University of Iceland in Reykjavik. Welcome, Helga. Thank you. So tell us a bit about yourself and your nursing background. How did you become a nurse, and and what is your area of focus uh, currently? Well, the the original idea came to me when I was uh, uh, an exchange student in Germany when I was 17 years old. Actually, I read this book when I sort of had got some grip of, of German. I got this book. And so for teenagers, and it was um, a story of a German nurse who had been in Bolivia, up in the mountains, working as a nurse with the natives. And I just thought that was really fascinating, and that would be something I would like to do. Uh, however, I've never done that, but it stayed with me. So when I finished uh, college, I decided to go to nursing. So I studied at the University of Iceland, got my bachelor's degree in 1986 and uh, worked uh, in the cardiology unit my first year after I graduated. But then I went into pediatric nursing. And some years later, I decided it was time to get a higher degree. And at that time, uh, in Iceland, we didn't have any graduate programs in nursing. So if you wanted to study nursing at the master's or PhD level, you had to go abroad. So I went to the US. I went to Iowa. I studied at the University of Iowa. I got my master's degree in, in pediatric nursing and nursing administration and continued into the PhD program there in nursing administration. So uh, my area of focus now, and I've been at the University of Iceland now for uh, almost 15 years, um, has been nursing administration. So um, that's sort of my area, nursing administration, nurse, nursing leadership. So that's my area of teaching and also my area of research. Interesting. And when you think about nursing administration, do you th- uh, is it particularly for acute care nursing or for any kind of nursing? Have you focused on one or the other in terms of a practice area? Well, it's really any any type of nursing, but I've th- most of my research has been done in acute care settings, mostly in hospitals. But in regards to my teaching and sort of you know applying whatever I've been doing, uh, I've had students from different areas. So in terms of applying, whether it's my teaching or my research, I would say that uh, it's really sort of general in in any field. But as I say, my research, I also hold a joint position at the University Hospital, Landspitali, so I work closely with the hospital. So that sort of maybe directs me towards the acute care settings. Uh-huh. And so what, tell me a bit more about your research in um, administration. What sort of questions are you studying? Well, in, in broad terms, I've been studying the work and work environment in nursing and nurses. So um, like uh, 15 years ago, I started looking into the work and work environment of nurses. I had been doing more in pediatric nursing at the time, but sort of took a turn there. And we were uh, dealing with 
a nursing shortage, well, which is chronic, of course, but we were dealing with nursing shortage and there was a lot of discussion in the media at the time. So then the chief nurse uh, executive talked to me and said, or asked me if we could, you know, do some research within the university hospital um, in regards to how um, nurses were spending their time and if we could make better use of their, their resources of nurses. So that's sort of when I started doing research in the area of work and work environment. And we looked at um, uh, what the t how nurses spent their time, what was interrupting them and sort of influencing their work. And that was really interesting. So from there, I really went to looking more at um, missed nursing care. I got in touch, actually met uh, Dr. Betsish Kalish from the University of Michigan at a conference in Turkey, and she she had started her program of research on, on missed nursing care and teamwork and invited me to work with her. And I thought that would be really interesting. We had never really talked about that here. Um, and this was new at that time. It's a, it's a hot issue now globally. So I went into doing research in Iceland on missed nursing care and teamwork. So that's sort of what I've been doing in the past 10 years and also working internationally on that issue. Very interesting. And yes, it is a hot topic, um, especially with the way we, we pick up speed, add work in nursing. We don't always remove work. We have made our documentation uh, perhaps easier in some ways and more complex in other ways. So I, I would expect that missed care is, um, well, would you say that, that you have found solutions for missed care? What has been your response to what you've been learning, I guess? Well, uh, yes and no. <laughs> um, there, there aren't many studies that really show what sort of interventions will decrease missed nursing care or what interventions will improve. Although we know, I mean, we know that staffing is a big issue, but staffing isn't enough. But what Kalish identified in her research, and my research supports that, the teamwork, how good the teamwork is, has, is one part um, also the work environment, whether nurses are respected in their work and whether their environment supports that they actually can carry out the nursing activities and just like having the resources like uh, medication and other supplies uh, also, also makes a difference. Uh, we found a few studies on um, like reminders if we could use technology and and um, one of uh, Kalish's former PhD student, for example, did some studies on uh, electronic reminders to remind nurses because as you say, we're, nurses are really, really busy. There's a lot going on uh, in their work and workplaces. So there are some indications that um, we could probably use more of resources like reminders and maybe just one of my studies with my, one of my students here really just told us that nurses and nursing staff and probably their colleagues should respect nursing more. Sometimes we prioritize um, other work activities than the patient care, even though that's our main duty or that is the main duty of the nurses, but still there are a lot of other things that are pulling nurses away maybe from nursing. So maybe just being alert and, and respect and uh, sort of prioritize uh, what your area of responsibility is might help. That's, that's interesting. So you're saying that nurses need to respect nursing more. Yeah, that's what uh, some of our research is really mm -hmm. showing. 
Yes, and that that that's actually one one of our studies was was a qualitative study uh, where so uh, in interviewing nurses and asking them that was a follow up study. Unfortunately, never never uh, published in English. But it was a follow-up study after we did an observational study uh, where we followed nurses at their work and found out that they were being interrupted a lot and sometimes prioritize other things than nursing. And when we asked them, we presented the findings to them and asked what they would what they suggested to improve the work environment and make it more healthy. Um, the core theme we found was really uh, respecting uh, the nursing of patients more than they do. Or, yeah. So I, I thought that was very interesting. Yes, very. They came up with that solution themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, yeah. So tell me, tell me a little bit, I'm jumping ship a little bit here to your work at the hospital there in Reykjavik. Do you serve um, in a research support role? Do you are you an administrator yourself? Tell me about that. I'm I am deep in acute care, so I'm curious about that. Yes, my my uh, position there is that I had the area of nursing administration, and I work closely with the nurse, um, the chief nurse officer, at the hospital, and also with the. Office of um, Education and Development and Research. So I'm sort of doing research work, also continuing education courses and uh, supporting uh, nurse administrators like the nurse managers. So they sort of have access to me and I, I sometimes work on projects on certain divisions or areas or even single units. So that's sort of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Um, yeah. And how big is your hospital? I'm just curious. Uh, I think in bed-wise, it um, probably has about eight, between eight and nine, 900 beds. Uh -huh. um, uh, it's the biggest hospital in Iceland. Mm -hmm. So we have about 17 inpatient units, I think. Um, no, we have probably more. That's just including the med surge and intensive care. Mm -hmm. So I'm excluding the pediatric and maternity and, and psychiatry. Anyway, so we have more. Okay. But um, I don't know if you know that in Iceland, we only have about 350,000 inhabitants. Mm. So hmm. we're a small population. Yeah. And uh, the university hospital is the main hospital for the country. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Well, thank you for that background. And it's really interesting to hear about your work, um, partly because, as I've said, I've spent my entire career in acute care and have um, ad addressed, not I wouldn't say workforce in the same way that you have at all, um, but have been interested in um ways for nursing and nurses to thrive and we do that in part through our magnet recognition which you're i'm sure you're familiar with um yes and i work with nurses who are uh beginning uh research studies or evidence-based practice projects and that sort of thing that's about half of my work so i'm quite interested in um how others uh, approach that also i did some work uh, a couple of different studies looking at the impact of a electronic health record on nursing work, uh, both in terms of a time motion study, what observational time motion study before and after go live with this electronic health record, and have also worked um, on a tool to assess nurses' perception of the electronic health record. And in fact, I've worked with colleagues in Australia on that to, to test uh, a, a particular tool that's now called the Nurses' Perception of Electronic Documentation, the NPED. So um, these these things and, we, you know, a number of different stressors and um, ways that nurses are impacted by documentation uh, have emerged. And I like to think it's getting better, though I also tend to think we we add without taking away too often. 
Yeah, I think that's true. And maybe that's part of the work, the heavy workload mm -hmm. nurses are really suffering from. Yeah, it's sort of like you can always add <laughs> to yeah. the nurses work. Right. But you won't take anything away. So exactly. That, but I think our studies, like it's interesting that you mentioned observational studies and, and time and motion studies because that's what we did. And I think that has influenced uh, some of the work at the University Hospital in Iceland because they've been sort of um, working on some quality improvement projects and doing some sort of maybe task shifting or at least tidying up in the work environment. Mm -hmm. And also with the respect, and it's the same as you know, from the US and around the world, like medication work, making it more safe and um, sort of having signs, even some sort of, um, I don't know, some sort of, um, limitation to access the nurses who are doing medication work to prevent any interruptions and so on. So I think some of our work has really led to improvements at the units, but sometimes it, sometimes it's very difficult to change things. Mm -hmm. So um, I think it'll take some years, but we're still working on that. Yeah. And I know that there are projects at the hospital. Even I can tell you one thing, because we're now we're building new hospital buildings are being um, built. Mm -hmm. And uh, we did also include in our studies at that time how our participants in our studies moved within the unit, so from one, one space to another. And the architects that are designing the new hospital building are using our findings. Mm. And I thought that were interesting. Yeah, going from clinical research, and um, we had some, I worked with engineers, so we took all the findings to the architects and designers who are working on the new buildings. And uh, the main um, architect said that was very, very helpful some of the findings there she had not she had been working with users and said some of it had never occurred during her discussions with with users yes that's so, very interesting i i interviewed yeah. a person a nurse who uh was in california and he he had been working he had been a cno of a large hospital in san francisco and then then took a different role with an architecture firm and it was very related to this because it, it was not based on his own science, his own research, but his um, knowledge over years of operations and preferences and patient experience. And so he is ends up being sort of a translator, if I'm if I'm interpreting properly, a translator between clinicians and the architects and designers. And it seems like such an important role. I've thought so often, man, if we could have had the nurses design this unit, it would work so much better. I think that built environment is really impactful. Yes, yeah, because it can really, I think it the environment and how it's designed really impacts how um, well you can carry out your work mm -hmm. in nursing. Yes, exactly. I, I think that's sort of, underrated or yeah, yeah underappreciated. not recognized enough well this opens up um another part of the conversation that that you know this this podcast is about the intersection of of nursing and environment and it can be the work environment as you're speaking of and the built environment as you're speaking of and also the natural environment so i would love to hear your perspective of of what what would you say about nurses in iceland uh, let's let's um, think about I guess the natural environment first. Are is there interest? Is there a linkage uh, between uh, what nurses are thinking about health and environment? Are nurses working on environmental stewardship in the hospital, for instance? In in some ways, although mm -hmm. uh, my my feeling is that we should be doing more mm -hmm. and need to be doing more. But I think it's slowly coming, and um, maybe some things that 
Icelandic nurses and sort of Icelanders in general had just taken for granted um, aren't really something that people in other countries really, what do you say, are used to. I don't know. I just, because every year now, for some years, I um, received a group from the University of Minnesota mm -hmm. uh, come and spent a week with us here with my students. And I've learned a lot from that. Like one thing that here you wouldn't have a space or working space or anything, you know, or, or a patient uh, room without being able to open a window. So it's sort of like it's just, you know, you have a window, you can open it, you can get fresh air. And I was so surprised and it was, you know, really gave me a new perspective of, uh, yeah, what, what you should take for granted and what you shouldn't. When the U.S. students, uh, when we asked them one day, you know, what was the most interesting thing you experienced yesterday? And some of them said, oh, I noticed wherever we are, we can open a window and get fresh air. Mm -hmm. And here we just think that's normal and natural. We don't even question it. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that has also to do with, you know, environmental things and how you, because getting fresh air, getting clean water uh, is something that some uh, a huge part of the world can't take for granted mm -hmm. yeah but um in terms of sort of yeah taking care of the environment i think we need to think more systematically and that's actually what i'm teaching my or trying to teach my students in my leadership courses and and administrative courses to think uh, systematically and globally because uh, well, however you you define that mm -hmm. but um, so that's sort of my my mission now <laughs> to to teach nurses and nursing students to think and act like I, I really love a term that I learned from a book I bought up, up, um, on on uh, global leadership and nursing which is global and that, mm -hmm. yeah, that's sort of combined from local and global. Mm -hmm. So that it really says even if you're you're working locally, you should think globally. Mm -hmm. And I th I really like that. So yes. I, I th uh, yeah. So yes, but in, as I say, in terms of how Icelandic nurses sort of are partaking in this movement. Um, yeah, I'm not quite sure how big part we take, and I'm sure that we should take a bigger part and do more. Well, mm -hmm. how, how would you say that the that the Icelanders in general, the 350,000, what what's the are is there a sense of environmental stewardship, or is there a concern about climate change, about uh, biodiversity, some of those planetary health questions? Is that in the press a lot and in the public consciousness? It it is yes, but um, it's it's been it's being debated how and what should mm -hmm. be done, and um, for example, most of our energy comes from from um, water, mm -hmm. or you know from the glaciers the the waterfalls, mm -hmm. but also from geothermal. And it's sort of, we've been told that we believe that it's like endless and it's so clean that we can do whatever. But now there's, the discussion has, has changed a bit mm -hmm. because just preserving nature because we we really have to sacrifice or do some sort of sacrifices if we want to to make power plants uh, with water or geothermal water um, we're changing things and we're you know uh, sacrificing some sort of nature mm -hmm. some of the nature and that's being um, 
now debated how much and you know how good is this what else can we do should we preserve uh, some areas leave them untouched and how much worth is uh, really intact nature mm -hmm. so yeah so that's a big debate here mm -hmm. in general let me just ask you a bit about about how you all handle waste in Iceland Yes, um, uh, we, well, yeah, that's a tricky question, I tell you. Um, we used to, I think we used to most to bury it or burn it. Uh, now we're trying to recycle more. And uh, our minister of... Um, well, what's it called now? Anyway, the the minister who has to do with the environmental, yeah, environmental minister of environmental um, areas. Um, now um, he wants to, I think, put the regulation so that the whole country um, really handles waste in the same way. We've had this like each township or someone has decided, it's very confusing. So if you go from one place to another, you need to like just, um, what do you say? You, you don't put the trash, you know, in, in similar bins or, you know, if I would go up north, I have to get acquainted with how they're mm -hmm. doing it there. It's very confusing. Uh -huh. So I think it would really help having some sort of universal rule about this. But uh, we have also some control and there, you know, some official and uh, the maybe the thing how few we are, the small population is certainly a strength, but it's also a weakness. Because I think sometimes there are issues that need to be addressed and uh, changed, but because of the closeness and because of how, you know, people know each other here, mm -hmm. it's a weakness. So we don't go fast enough. We don't go far enough mm -hmm. in terms of regulations and uh, changing things. So I think sort of regarding environmental issues and uh, waste and so on, sometimes we're going too slowly because uh -huh. of people don't want to, you know, what do you call it? Uh, rock the boat. You don't want to rock the boat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's that's a bit of an issue here sometimes. Yeah, interesting. So, yeah. so do you? I assume that this is the case. That, it, like in the U.S., we use in healthcare, in acute care, we use so much in the way of disposable products. Is that the case there too? Yes, it is. And now I know that the university hospital, at least, because that's the the healthcare service I know the best. Uh, they they are doing a lot there to to really try to decrease waste and it's in their in their vision and and mission and they really have goals for decreasing waste and using as much reusable or recycling mm -hmm. as much, much as they can mm -hmm. but still I, I just you know yesterday I was at one of the cantinas at the hospital and I was really amazed that I, I had, I don't know, some paper waste and then some plastic waste, but I couldn't find bins to actually trash, you know, them in separate bins. Mm -hmm. so I, I was a bit amazed. I had expected that. And I suppose that's at the units, but at the cantina, it wasn't. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, it's challenging, that's for sure. But uh, glad to hear that, that uh, some things are in place and, and there's more awareness. Do you have the sense, and, and it may not uh, be top of mind at this point, but one of the things I always want to talk with people about on the podcast and really everywhere is 
um, what are linkages between nursing, our commitments as nurses to both protect the people, to care for the people that we're working with, families and individuals, but also to protect public health. That's um, in the American Nurses Association. That's one of our um, commitments is that we even if we're working with one individual at a time, we always have in mind the health of the public. And so that's one uh, primary link to um, environmental health, to being concerned about climate change, to being concerned about um, resource depletion, you know, not preserving the natural world enough to, to, you, to air pollution, water pollution, and that sort of thing that comes from our power plants and cars. And so it's an issue I like to explore with people to understand their their connections about that. So what, what would you say about that? Uh, you know, you can answer personally for yourself, of course, and I'm also interested in your perceptions of the nurses you work with in Iceland. Yes, I would say public health is strong in Iceland and really nurses um, were pioneers in public health in Iceland. Mm. Um, well, 100 years ago, but uh, I think we need to be very much aware of that. And um, uh, the Nurses Association in Iceland, most nurses in Iceland are uh, members of the Nurses Association. So uh, the Nurses Association, I would say, is a strong association and influential and um, it, it has, in some ways, really preserved this uh, public health approach. And uh, also nurses, a lot of nurses, I don't know if you're acquainted with it, that here we have a system, we have a primary health care center system. So each Icelander, each person who lives in Iceland is entitled to preventive care at the healthcare center. Uh, the nurses or nurses and physicians have been the primary healthcare providers. Mm -hmm. So, um, and we have a pretty strong uh, perinatal and child healthcare. Like here, um, you don't pay anything for health care for your, your child. So uh, you don't have to pay anything if you take your child to uh, any health care service. That's great. So, yeah. And uh, yeah, so I, I would say that, uh, yeah, it's probably like with, uh, I think we're a little bit like with, uh, like I mentioned, with the fresh air and clean water. Mm hmm we, we have tended to think that preventive um, health care is just the, the norm. Mm -hmm. That's normal. And although now we're getting more aware, we're getting more multicultural also in Iceland, like anywhere else in the world. And then we get to know people that are in, have people that might not be raised up in this environment. And... Uh, might see like preventive health care differently but i think the general icelandic uh, view is that that's what you do you, you practice preventive health care and i th i think nurses are very inclined on that and yeah and like in our uh, basic education in the bachelor's programs we have uh, we only have bachelor's programs in nursing. If you want to become a nurse in Iceland, a uh, registered nurse, you have to attend a four-year university program. And we have two programs, one at the University of Iceland and one at the University of Akureyri, which is up north. And uh, part of these programs uh, is... Um, learning uh, community health care mm -hmm. and our students all go to community health care centers to the primary health care centers and uh, get to know all the this perinatal care and baby care newborn care and and also school nursing so 
I, th I think, I don't know if this answers the question, <laughs> but um, I would say uh, that we're doing a lot, but we need to be aware because the acute care, there, there has been so much uh, evolution and in terms, for, for example, of technology in acute care and in medical treatment that we tend to maybe put our attention on that. But mm -hmm. I think the basic nursing care is what we nurses should really be preserving and emphasizing. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't necessarily ha include much technology. Mm -hmm. So I, I, yeah, so I think we need to be uh, careful and not lose whatever we've, we've gained and gotten and done well. Yeah. Yes. Interesting. Um, I've already, we've already taken 36 minutes, which is astonishing to me because this has been so interesting yeah. um, to just kind of to, to start to bring it to a close though. Um, you've mentioned some really interesting, uh, maybe challenges is the right word in terms of what, what you just said. We don't want to lose our basics another that nurses perhaps don't value nursing enough themselves another that um you, you know in iceland particularly you have some wonderful advantages already in terms of a a clean natural environment also wonderful access to preventive health um a small enough population that has its pros and cons um but probably, you know, I, I would imagine that kind of helps um, there to be a um, a sense of community, a sense of familiarity, a sense of um, almost taking care of each other, perhaps, uh, rather than always working with strangers, though I know that you don't know everyone, but it's it's kind of, that's the size of a, of a smallish city in the United States, 350,000. And so there's a yeah. lot of um, kinship you know, in a single city. So I would imagine that's the case there too. Um, but having said a few of those things, what, um, what, what would you like people to hear? What would you like to say to people? It could be nurses in Iceland, nurses around the world, other people about anything that's on your mind related to what we've talked about. Yes. Um, I, I think that, uh, my core message, and that's actually been my core message whenever I lecture or, you know, teach, I'm working with, with nurses, is really this issue that I've actually mentioned a few times, that nurses need to be aware of what their responsibility is and what they actually, their, their education is about. Because... Um, uh, if they don't take care of the nursing, no one will. They're the health profession that's trained and taught uh, to do the nursing part of the healthcare services. So we don't want to, you know, neglect that and run after something that we think think maybe is more fancy or more important because the basic nursing care is so important. Um, so I think that's sort of my core and I'm really, I'm really on a mission now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I, especially when I, I think I realized this through my research. And when I started looking at the missed nursing care, and there was especially this one article uh, from uh, Lisa Izioni and Michael Ock. Uh, two authors, they really, they're expressing Michael's experience of a major problem. He had to go through a really difficult uh, procedure because he didn't get good enough nursing mm. care when, when his problem started. So um, I think, you know, instead of running after some fancy things that some people might is more, you know, uh, cool than being a nurse or providing nursing care. We should just really be proud of being nurses. And uh, that's our area of, you know, our special area within the healthcare services. 
Yeah, that's really, really important. And I'm going to push you a little bit for listeners, because I, I, I agree with you. I think it's, um, it is essential work. And yet nurses and others don't always see it as essential work. So let's just talk a moment more about what are the features that are essential. So you mentioned, you mentioned uh, the man who had some missed care and he was harmed by that. So that's an example of, of prevention of harm by making sure. Um, but how would you describe that? How do you describe that when you're teaching? What is the essential work that nursing owns and needs to be true to? Yeah, well, well, I tend to to use Virginia Henderson's definition of nursing really as a basic, and it's just identifying. I mean, you need as a nurse, you need to know what the basic needs of a human being are, and uh, be able to um, assess and evaluate what nursing needs a person or a group of people have. And then to identify with them what possibly needs to be done to meet those needs, carry them out, or see to it that they are being carried out, and evaluate um, the results. So I would, if you just think about the nursing process, and as, as I say, this nursing, in my teaching, I'll use Maslow's. Uh, pyramid. I'll talk about Virginia Henderson's um, definition, and um, then, as I say, just identifying these needs, um, the basic human needs, and that we're there to really identify who they are and, and how well they're being fulfilled and see to it that they are carried out. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll use examples of patients, I don't know, a patient who has had a stroke or someone who can't walk without help or can't eat without help or um, eliminate without help or something. And so that's really a really, really important mm-hmm. role to help that person, so as I say, I, because I think sometimes uh, nursing isn't really valued as mm-hmm. it should. Right. Yeah. Well, that's really um, great reminder of, as you say, the basics. Which you know, that's another thing we take for granted. I'm sure um, that that's happening, but but we know it. It doesn't always happen. Oral care is a great example in acute care. It often gets missed. But but I'm interested in in translating this then to environmental health for a moment. So. See if you think this this makes sense. If we apply the same idea using Maslow's hierarchy for a for the culture rather than for an individual, and mm-hmm. using Henderson's definition perhaps, and if we are going to assess the condition of um, in our case an environment that we are living in from local to global, we are identifying the issues and potential solutions. We are helping. Um, those be met, and in fact, ensuring that they are met, then it might be something like um, a nursing perspective on climate change, for instance, is Mm -hmm. identifying Mm -hmm. this disruption on a planetary level, um, identifying, uh, determining, yes, it's existing, and then identifying solutions based in evidence, based in our knowledge of pathophysiology, based in knowledge of science, and then making plans, nursing process, making plans to address them, um, offering the interventions, doing what we can to contribute and asking our colleagues and um, other people in our communities to do so, measuring whether that's making a difference and, and, and continuing to refine that process. Does that make sense to you as an extension? Yes, yes, it does. It does, sure. And uh, I think it's a really important uh, transition or what yeah um, so really transferring what we uh, do with a single patient I mean we do it for groups of like because he asked me about the community you might even extend it to public health I mean aren't uh, climate change or climate issues 
planetary issues aren't they public health issues i would i tend to think so mm -hmm. so uh sure i i can totally see that we can apply the same um same method mm -hmm. i think we just need to think in a more sort of inclusive way about um life and the globe and even beyond the globe right exactly uh, on that and uh, so yes i think so and I, um and um I'm not quite sure how nurses or if nurses or if nurses in Iceland do that uh, in their daily day work. I don't know if I think about the nurse who's working at the university hospital in some acute care setting. Um, but uh, if we teach people even yeah, to do that, maybe it'll slowly sort of evolve with or slowly it should really done, be done quickly but it <laughs> uh, <laughs> needs to be done quickly um, because I think this is sort of this global thing that I'm I'm uh, occupied with that is whatever you do whatever you think you should even if you know you're just working in your little department or your unit you really need to be aware whatever you do or whatever you don't do has to do with a much bigger picture than just your little setting there but with and also in your then spare time it also yeah i mean if you're a nurse you have certain knowledge and i also i was going to add to that uh, explanation of mine earlier that uh, nursing, professional nursing requ requires knowledge. It's not just being a nice, nice person, although everyone should be a nice person, but it's really basically having certain knowledge. That's why you can actually practice professional nursing. And I think being a profession, pro professional, uh, really requires that even though you're not on duty you are practicing according to your best knowledge so because a lot of the environmental issues they i mean they don't stop when you you know when you go home at four or five in the in the afternoon mm -hmm. so i think uh, being a nurse is really and being a professional nurse is really being aware and and practice and behave according to your best knowledge and uh, to the best knowledge we have 24 7 so i don't know if that answers this but um sure we need to as a profession we need to identify what our duties are in those regards uh, regarding global issues regarding environmental issues because that certainly has to do with how our um, how our um, patients, whether it's one patient or a group of patients, families or some sort of patient groups are doing or how they might be doing in the future. Yeah. Yes. So I, I don't know if I, I'm answering your question. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you are. No, you've said it beautifully. The the particularly uh, referring to your word of glocal of that what we do or don't do not only impacts the the individuals in front of us but the bigger picture i think that's that says it all right there and sometimes it's hard i think for nurses for anybody for humans to keep that in mind at all times that it is our our impacts are what's right in front of us but they have longer term impacts in time and also in space. We're affecting more of the world than just what's right around us. So I think that was very well said. I actually, I, I teach my students that nursing is not a job, it's a profession, mm -hmm. it's a career, and you never stop being a nurse. So you have your knowledge and you need to, 
you know, use it. And I give them examples. I mean, I I was uh, I joined the group bicycling. You know, and we were just going. Yeah, and um, I saw that one of the group members, one guy, he didn't use, he, he hadn't put his helmet right mm. on his head. And I said, excuse me, uh, I'm a nurse and, and I'm really concerned about your safety. Uh, I hope you don't mind that I want to point out that you need to, you know, do your strap differently or something. <laughs> you know, I'll just, it was on a Sunday, I wasn't on duty or anything, you know, I was at work. But uh, so I think also with environmental issues, uh, whatever, whether it's patient safety, um, public health, whatever, we, we should really look at ourselves as um, yeah, being part of a bigger, um, yeah, bigger picture than just a nurse at our workplace. Yes. We're more than that. Here, here. Well, Helga, it's been so nice to talk with you today. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Well, thank you. I'm just impressed that you're interested in talking to me. I hope, I well, uh, even though I'm brought up speaking English, it's not my first language. <laughs> well, you've done beautifully. Trust me, I could not speak Icelandic. So thank you for speaking yeah. English. <laughs> so, and so I hope that whoever listens to this will understand. And um, as I said, I, th I think nursing is just a really, really exciting profession. And nurses really make a difference. And I'm always enthusiastic talking about nursing. That's great. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you again to Dr. Helga Bragadotir for this interesting conversation. I'm particularly struck with Helga's reminder that nursing is such a con crucial contribution, caring for people in ways that matter to their outcomes, and that sometimes we as nurses do not appreciate the value of our own work. This extends to our opportunities to improve the health of the natural environment. We don't always know our own power and the impacts we can make. Thank you again to Helga, and thank you all for listening today. This and other episodes of the Nurses for Healthy Environments podcast can be found at envirn.org. And please leave a review for us wherever you get your podcasts. Talk to you next time.